Time flies when you're having fun. We are already on to episode two of the KZN ANC podcast. And for this one, we are very, very excited to be joined by the Premier of Guazulu Natal, Premier Dumendulbe. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you for having me. And we're very excited to have you. We are just able to, to catch you today because the last two days have been manic. What's been going on? Yeah, it's been a lot um, going on, eh? Um, but uh, but even leading up to this, um, you know, three days, um, it's been quite an event, um, you know, National um, Lechutla, the president, um, giving us, you know, the outline as to what are the things that we should be aligning ourselves to. Obviously, that would have started in January 8 as well of the ANC, and then we go to cabinet lechutlas, and then we go to the provincial lechutlas, and then it leads to um, the state of the province address. And um, of course, we open parliament, um, get opened by His Majesty the King on the first day, and then we get to then do the government uh, part on the second day, um, looking at what have we done. Um, um, as the uh, government uh, led by the African National Congress. But this time around has been also different because we're not just looking at the past five years. Um, we had to look at what has happened um, in the 30 years since democracy. And obviously we had to reflect here in KZN because while the rest of the country was barking on democracy and enjoying uh, the transformation, Kaiser in um, 1994 nearly never went for election, and there was a last-minute, you know, concessions uh, with, um, you know, the then President Mandela, and um, what was happening in the province, the the you know the lots of violence that was happening in the province of KwaZulu Natal, and um, until 2004 when the ANC took over power in 2004. And we really began to see development happening. But even then, I reflected that even then, you know, people forget that Parliament of KwaZulu-Natal used to be based in Alundi. Mm. And when the ANC took over in 2004, ANC had to set up new offices, basically. But also we had to get the staff that understand something called Batopili. Yes putting people first, but also those people that were not going to serve just a group, a small group of communities, group of people that had to be converted to think that South Africa, KZN, start from M. Kanyagode uh, to M. Zimkulu, the side, to up to Bonyu Castle, the side, and it's got people of different nations, of different religion, and, and all those needs must be taken care of by the government. Um, let alone that you had those that did not have clinics, mm. those did not have schools, those did not have water, those did not even have electricity, you know. And um, so we had to just take people through that journey to say, look, um, people sometimes um, take it for granted that we are where we are just because something just click off the finger, forgetting that um, we are where we are because of a lot of hard work that I had to go through um, to be where we are. And and today I was reminded that, you know, from that time to today, we've built 300 clinics, 300 clinics that were not there before. 
let alone a lot of other things that um, that were there. So yeah, so it's been quite um, an eye opener even to myself mm. because to it has to, on the journey, yeah, to, to go back to the journey. Yeah, I wasn't come. even there, mm. but it it forced me to go back and even go and learn and 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 do my research. You know, find out about a lot of these statistics. You know, uh, you know, uh, even the thing about malaria, mm. how people were dying of malaria in KZN, how people were dying of cholera in Koizen, in KZN, how people were dying of disease in KZN, were burying people because of HIV and AIDS, because of a lot of disease. But if we look at the quality of life of people today, the Gini coefficient tells you that there's been quite a huge improvement in the lives of people. Of course, I mean, people who live, um, you know, in, in, in the well-to-do areas would say, Oh, no, I mean, because they drive on the road, uh, on the tar road, because they, they have electricity on the daily basis. But those that never saw electricity before, those that do not even today have roads, proper roads, they know what it takes, mm -hmm. you know, to be um, a step further, to really realizing that you are also a human being. Somebody respect you. This is what the ANC government really had, had to go through. For a young girl, and I say that respectfully, Premier, mm. uh, who grew up in Wamashi, as you did yourself, born there. You're a local person. It's not like you came from another part of the province. You are very local. You know this province. What do these changes that you've mentioned mean to that young girl who grew up in Wamashi at the time that she grew up? What do those changes mean, separate from your position in the party? Well, I mean, if I look at myself, I mean, I, I was born and bred and grew up Guamashu. I went to school Guamashu. Um, I had my metric Mlasi, Kwashaga. And uh, during those times, we were not allowed to go to any other schools. We, we were not allowed. I mean, even if my mom, of course, she was working um, as a domestic worker, but even if she had money, I mean, would not even go and in, 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 to school in Phoenix or, or, or Newlands or anywhere else. You were only going to that school, Guamashu, there was no alternative. And and look, we are quite an exception because we made it through those dusty roads. And um, I mean, I was telling somebody that, uh, you know, I remember we used to walk um, kilometers from home um, to Ebuhle where I went to school. Uh, I think it's about what, maybe 25, 30 kilometers or something. Sure. Whether it's raining or whether it's sunny, whether it's winter or it's summer, I'm just going to walk all those years I was walking up and down, going to school until I finish. I mean, we never had scholar transport. Mm. Our children have got scholar transport now, probably would have been enjoying scholar transport if it was those time, but we never had scholar transport. We had to walk because. Yeah. My parents could not afford money for the pathway, so I had to walk. Um, so, and 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 the push and the drive that we had as as the young people growing up in the township, um, seeing our parents, you know, working hard for us, seeing our parents under a regime that was so oppressive, we had the drive to say, look, I want one day. Um, to make my mom proud. I want to build a house for my mom because I grew up a two-roomed house. Um, that's where we grew up, two-roomed house, only two room, one, two rooms. Everything was happening there. In, Cooking, in sleeping, eating, everything. everything. Yeah. 
all my siblings, my parents. Everything. How many were you? There's three of us at home. Um, and then my mom and dad. Uh, I'm the middle one. Mm. Yeah. Oh, middle child. <laughs> yeah, the middle that child. Made it. Okay. I'm the middle child. And at that time, being the middle child, and I'm glad you told me that because uh, middle children have got this uh, reputation of being the ones as Nganda big sis, big brother, or uh, the youngest, Umakina. Um, and so they usually do their own thing. At that time, being the middle child, did you ever think that you'd be the first citizen of the province? Never. Yeah. Never in my wildest dream. But uh, I think, lucky for me, I've always been this child, a very inquisitive child, who's not in co a conformist. I always wanted to ask questions. I always wanted to know why this why not that? I always wanted to see alternatives in life. So I always wanted to see if if I've got this, why not that one? You know, um, um, so even at home, I as much as I was the middle child, um, I was the one who gets sent to go to the shops. Okay. Um, I was shorter as well. So um, I always tell this funny story that uh, in the bus, um, we never used to pay when you were short, when you go into town. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my mom used to send me to go and pay for um, uh, Ingubo that we buy at, at sales house mm -hmm. and uh, buy uh, pay for the furniture, yes, okay. as well. Um, so I would come to the bus because I can't reach the driver. So I would okay, go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I, I got to be a clever one who's get sent uh Who's who's um, who's able to you know to to interact with people, but I, I was also very athletic. Mm. Um, I was very athletic. I was very um, active um, child, sports, everything, singing, um, you know. Um, Can you debating. still sing? You know, I was oh, yeah, I can still sing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can what still what sing. kind of what is the genre that you is it a gospel genre or just? I love gospel oh. soul. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I, I'm not going to put you on the spot today because mm -hmm. I know it's been a busy two days. Mm -hmm. So next time. Yeah. Um, with that inquisitive nature that you had, Premier, and uh, going around and being forced—not forced in a bad way—but because you're out there going to do things for your family, uh, you saw probably more than some of them mm -hmm. did. Uh, in that, how did you then decide, um, from what I read about you, that you wanted to do something in the public space? Uh, by studying, you know, public administration and all those things, you wanted to work with the public. From uh, is that something that you wanted to study because it was available? Because I know for a long time we had very limited options for careers, mm. uh, especially females. Uh, was it something that you, while popegile, were you kind of pushed in that direction, or did it come from your excursions and from seeing what was out there that you decided that's what you want to do? No, actually, um, from. When I finished matric, I didn't go to university because my mom could not afford. And we didn't have NEFSAS, by the way. Yes. There was no NEFSAS. My mom could not afford. So um, I then went uh, to, to do Amadoho. And when I was doing Amadoho, I then started doing like courses. And um, while I was doing Amadoho, doing courses, I would do different things. Um, and and I happened to be because I, I was active in, even at school. I was in the debating society. Mm, okay. And um, so um, there was also this activism in us um, as a debating society because you then tend to go and research because you are debating 
um, but also I would chair debates. So I would get to then be able to comprehend what other people are saying and summarize. And, and so it got into me, um, this um, content and, and drive and, and, and the way of wanting to know more um, of what was happening. Um, but also I, I, I got to interact and do uh, some temporary jobs with the Lawyers Association. Um, I then got to work um, with Nadal, mm -hmm. National Democratic Lawyers Association, where I worked as a as an administrator. Um, and and there, I mean, I worked with all these judges today that are judges, lawyers, and everybody else that was there. Mm -hmm. And they were in the main. We were, you know, working to um, defend, um, you know, the political activists and also people in the death row and, and all those kind of things that we're doing there. And, and that also made me to grow um, even more. Um, I, was, I, was, I was very young, but I don't know, even today, I look back, I'm like, how did I find myself there at that age? Mm. I mean, I remember when I even became the mayor. I was the youngest mayor, um, even in South Africa. Um, but I, I just found myself there and I was just doing this thing. I don't even know what I was doing. And, but I, I did you it. You did it, yeah. <laughs> I did it, yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, and I mean, if, if you look at the record as well, I mean, during those times, we used to compete um, even as counselors with who's got the cleanest area. Okay. Yeah, mm. who's got the cleanest area, um, whose people are happy, you know, as a counselor, you know, you had to make sure that Mao Kamogem Kakin, yeah, Abandu Bayatanda, and of course, yeah, yes, they're yeah. happy. Yes, and because we were competing with that, um, we you had to make sure we are bands, Abandu, go to Babbon, go to useful. And do you think some of that, um, that good competition that you had as counselors in your areas and being the mayor? Is something that you still bring now when you when I look at what you um, addressed during your your SOPA your, your presentation, it's this drive of wanting things to work well. You know, you said the quote was the big quote from you was um, clarity, uh, trans transparency rather, mm -hmm. um, honesty, honesty, transparency. yeah, transparency, mm -hmm. um, and those are the main things for you. Is that something that you think still comes from that time of wanting to be, uh, you wanting to see things work out? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. But also, I think my upbringing, um, a lot of um, leaders that I, I, I came across, um, they were very strict, um, they were very disciplined, um, so there was no nonsense. Mm. If you were doing nonsense, you'll be told, this is nonsense, you're not going to do it. Um, so I grew up with that, knowing Goguti nonsense is not tolerated. Um, so, but also you don't have a chance to um, to not do right, mm. you know. Um, but also this thing of people saying I don't know. You didn't have a space to I don't know. You oh. had to know. Yeah. Okay. No, you had to know um, because if you don't know, who then must mm. know? Um, if you don't have a solution, who must have a solution? Um, so I had that, you know, that push all the time that you, even if you you were given a report to go write a report, you had to write a report, even if you don't know what's a report. Because if you don't do it, then who you'll be told, 
Yeah. Then what? What what are you saying? What should happen? Should we not have a report? Um, but also you won't make a mistake in that report because who's going to correct your mistake? Because mm. there's nobody else who must correct your mistake. Make sure that it's correct. Make sure that there's a solution. Um, and, and it was normal. And, um, and, and I still have that in mind. Whenever I, I work with colleagues, I, I, I believe that don't, don't, don't make problems. Mm. Don't create problems. Let's solve problems. Whatever that's there, let's solve it. Of course, there will be things that are beyond our control that we can't do anything about. But in the main, let's soldier on. Let's find solutions. Let's do it. And did you enjoy being a diplomat? It was a, a very strange country to be an ambassador mm. in. You were in mm. Prague, in the Czech Republic. Yeah. I don't want to ask how you got there because you say you ended up in, uh, in, in spaces, um, but doing the job. How was that experience, being in Prague? It was a great experience. Mm. It was a great experience. Um, you know, even going to the diplomatic school, because you had to go to oh, the diplomatic yeah, school. Yes, okay. you've got to go to the diplomatic mm. school first. Um, for about eight months, um, you residence at a diplomatic school what before they teach you get you, posted. Yeah, everything. Um, you get taught about your country. Uh, we get taught about our provinces. And we get to visit provinces so that you know what you're marketing. We get taught about our policies. What is the government policy? You get to know about your your your, your capital, uh, which is Pretoria. You get to know about your parliament. You get to know about everything about your country. Um, but also you get to know about what are the issues that are sensitive in the world. Okay. Um, who are your partners? Who are your friends? Because uh, that was the one complicated thing. Because you get there. Um, there are countries that are your friends, there are countries that are not your friends. Yeah. Um, but also, as Africa, we've got to make sure that we work as African continent. But then you would find that even amongst us as African, um, uh, uh, coming from the African continent, there's Francophone, Anglophone, which is not supposed to be like that. No. Um, so, yeah, there's, 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 there was a lot of dynamics. But I enjoyed the experience that I've got there, yeah. uh, really, because you know, to interact with so many countries because as diplomats in, in a resident in a country, you also get to meet as diplomats. Mm. Um, you also got to, to go and meet as diplomats individually, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, as as, as continents, um, as regions, uh, regional blocks, friends, uh, lobby as well. There's a oh. lot of lobby that's going mm. on. If the United Nations is going to sit, there's an item on the agenda, there's going to be a lobby that's happening. You've got to ask um, your people in the capital, you'll be taught, we need those countries to vote with us. Sure. We need those to be our friends. Um, but also marketing our country um, was the most important part um, in terms of how do we make sure that um, our, 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 you know, our products um, mm -hmm. go out um, to, to, to Europe? Because when you're there in Europe, um, it's in Central Europe. Um, and and it's a, it's an hour's drive to Germany. It's an hour's drive to Austria, and uh, we get to work around the whole of those countries. Um, it's it's unlike us, you know. <laughs> With us here, you drive five uh, five hours to Mkanyangu. Oh yes, by this time, problems. I'm sure you'll be in different countries in Europe uh, already. Uh, but it it was a, it was quite a very eye opening um, experience, I must say, and it really made me learn a lot about the global dynamics and, mm. and, and the geopolitics as well. 
And do you think that put you in a good stead for the current? I mean, obviously, when you got back, you were still um, MEC, Etia, and Kokta. That's in, its, in itself, those two positions are, are quite a lot in finance as well. Uh, but now this position that you find yourself in, it seems like you just you, you keep going for the heavy lifting <laughs> positions where you're a first in that yeah. position. And of course, being the first woman is a premier of a KZN. It's, it's a big deal. And it comes with a lot of, I'm sure, challenges. Um, it's KZN, so there are those dynamics of how do people value and view women uh, that I'm sure you've had to address in your time. Uh, how has that been? Were you a little bit intimidated or was it just, let's go for it? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you're talking about first. Mm. Yeah, I've been in a lot of firsts. You've eh? been in a lot. <laughs> been in a lot <laughs> yes, of first. I mean, even at, as a diplomat, mm. by the way, mm. I was at first there because there was this thing about um, me, um, you know, getting pregnant, um, going to have a baby. There's a policy that says, as a diplomat, you can't be away from your country of residence for more than a month. Oh, okay. yeah. So, um, there's never been a diplomat that gets a baby, so they don't have a maternity leave or anything like that. Um, because diplomats have uh, got wives. I don't have a wife. <laughs> and and um, so we had to, you know, I, I had Phoebe and, and other colleagues, uh, other comrades who were also ambassadors at the time. We, there was a lot of group of us. We had to start to say to government, Maternity. we need a policy yeah. um, to say we young people now coming into the diplomatic, you know, environment, we need policies to cater for young people, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, moving to the other first uh, office um, in the Premier's office, it hasn't been easy. I must be honest with you. Um, it hasn't been easy. Uh, patriarchy is at its hardest when you are faced with it on your eyes every day, not, not, not yeah. G, yeah, yeah. every day. Um, you know, um, and and for you to having to work in an environment where you've got to prove, even to the person who doesn't know what you must prove, that this is uh, the good thing for us mm -hmm. to do. You know, um, I, I I was lucky that when I worked at Copter, I worked a lot with um, the, the the king, the previous king, Umlobambani. Um, and I learned a lot from him. I really learned a lot from him. I, I also learned to understand that Ngesi Zulu, Abandibesfazane, more than anything else. It should, as it should be. Yes. Um, I got to learn that from him, how he respected me, how Amakosi respected me, how I respected them and I valued them the way I'm respecting Akon. But... Turn things around and get to the position where you are supposed to be um, commanding respect and, and natural, cordial relations with almost everybody in the sector. Um, that um, at all times you've got to say, look, I'm not here to impose myself. I'm not here to dictate, but I'm here to, to work with everybody. I'm here to, to make sure that we all succeed. 
Um, you know, you go out to the society, people still look at you as this young girl, um, yeah, you know, and of course, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a strict person. I'm not a, a, a rigid person. I'm, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a protocol person, but there is a certain level of respect and understanding that we're also supposed to have uh, sometimes. Um, so, so yeah, so it's it's been quite a, a, a an eye-opening experience because when you talk to women and you say uh, women must accept themselves, um, you know, women must um, must be able to 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 rise above and 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 you must be strong. And when you're faced with that kind of situation, to say, okay, by the way, mm. you know, I stand in the podium in all the time and say, okay, this is what I say. Now you feel it. Now you've got to apply it to now yourself. You've got to apply it to yourself first. Yeah. You know, so yeah, so it's 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 really had made me to even understand. Um, the gender, um, you know, um, issues even yeah. better um, than how you would understand them, you know, from, you know, women and men perspective. But if you are to really look at it in terms of practicality mm. now, you know, the dynamics, um, then you understand that this way of making us socialize our children, the way the communities and our society are socializing and are socializing, there's a lot that needs to change if we are to break the cycle of the gender-based think, violence. Oh, yes. Uh, but do you think, um, just going back to the position itself of being the premier and, and these challenges that, that we've discussed uh, around gender and, and having to negotiate and navigate uh, that space, do you think it's an added burden to your premiership, if it's called premiership, that sounds like soccer, but <laughs> to your to your position as premier, um, is it now an added burden that you have to have this extra negotiation and ducking and diving and trying to to keep, you know, every, everything in its place? Is it an extra burden for you? And has yeah, it, been, it is. Yeah. It is. It, it is an extra burden because if we were to come in at the door, sit down, don't look at me whether I'm going or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a locust yeah. or I'm, I'm sipo. Yeah. It's work, you know. Um, don't judge a good thing, don't get in, don't beg a good thing, gimnyama, gizori, etaganjani, uzong pushaganjani, and how will I react? Um, so, so that kind of, it, it, it takes a lot uh, because instead of, moving on with things that you've got to do, you've got to try and, and, and take a step back all the time and be accommodative and, and, and try and negotiate. Um, of course, I, 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 I love to work as a team. Um, I, I believe in teamwork. I believe in each one's capacity if we are to do something. I don't believe that one person can succeed. That That's, that's my 100% belief that um, there's no one person who's been gifted in a way that makes you as an individual be a hundred percent person. Um, but it's a combination of all the interactions. It's a combination of all other contributions from other people that makes us grow as a people. Mm-hmm. And and that uh, for me um, uh, has been a, a something that say interacting with a lot of young people, particularly young girls, who've looked at me and said, wow, okay, it means that we have a future. 
it made me, um, you know, tell the young people that, look, really the ANC minute when, when the ANC says we want a non-racial, non-sexist, you know, um, South Africa, um, because it's opening the doors that would not have opened uh, for women to come and occupy such positions. But it also meant that the ANC itself mm. needs to internalize what the ANC policy is saying to realize this. And, and when I say to young people, it doesn't just happen because the ANC likes it, but it's because the ANC's policy, the freedom charts and everything in, in, in the DNA of the ANC, it says this. And I always say, if other political parties would tell you about um, how they're approaching issues of development, how they're approaching the issues of transformation. First, go and look at their policies. Mm. Go and look at their policies, whether their policies are actually saying those things that they are talking about when they're campaigning. Because then you'll realize that they're actually calling it a bluff. Because if it's not in the policy, it can't happen. Even if they can bluff you about it, you must know that they're lying because it's not going to happen. But in the ANC, it has to happen because it's in the policy of the ANC. It's in the DNA of the ANC that things must happen in this way. People must get better life. People must get better health. People must get better housing. There must be better wages. There must be jobs for people. There must be growth in the economy. And people must be able to have the economy in their own hands. It's in the DNA of the ANC um, that things must happen that way. So for us who are given the responsibility is to take that ANC policy and make it a practical, actionable um, you know, uh, program so that it realizes what the ANC says in its policies. With having just uh, delivered the SOPA, Madam Premier, well, one of the things um, that is, makes this year very different is that, first of all, it is an election year. There is 30 years of a democracy behind us. There is, um, There are so many things at play this year that are going to contribute to a lot of things. Is it difficult, first of all, to balance all those many facets? I mean, to not be overtly electioneering during an election year as you deliver the state of the province, uh, while also trying to look at how far you've come since the last state of the province, which was last year, all of those things. I mean, it's a lot to try and juggle and and, and maintain. Uh, which of those has been the biggest challenge in trying to, to bring it all into sort of the same plate? Which part is the most elusive and, and challenging for you as the Premier? You know, I, I was saying to, to the people during the debate today that um, it's very rich for people to say um, it was an electioneering SOPA, for instance. But when they debate, they say the ANC has done nothing. The ANC government has done nothing. But you're saying I'm electioneering, but you're also saying I've done nothing. Which, which is it? Which, which is it? I'm in this office because the ANC, through its manifesto, that the government, the president of the ANC presented in the previous elections, which manifesto the president of the ANC presented at Moses Mabida, it's the very same policies that we're supposed to implement as the ANC people. Now, I ca you can't tell me that I'm electioneering. Of course, I'm implementing the ANC policy. That's why I'm here. I was put in this position by the ANC. I wasn't put by, you know, paperless without color. It's black, green, and gold. So I, 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 I don't know when should I say 
I'm not electioneering or when, because everything that I've done, I've done it because the ANC policies say this is what we must do. You know, we've, we, we've created jobs and we've created more than 600,000 jobs uh, because the ANC said we will create decent jobs, we will create jobs. We've had to go and get investors to come and invest because the ANC said, the president said in his, in his uh, presidential investment conferences, they wanted to raise, um, you know, more than a trillion of investors to come and invest in South Africa. And, and, and part of those billions came to KZN. And, and I have to say, because the president has even overachieved his own, you know, targets, this is what we have achieved uh, because of the president's drive. I can't, when, when will I lie about that? Because that's what the president has achieved. And he's the ANC president. But that's what he had said he was going to do. Now he's doing it. Now, why should we not say that it's happened? I mean, I, I, I was talking about, you know, priority two that talks about um, the president when he was uh, delivering the manifesto, priority two, which is the economic transformation and job creation. Um, when, when we say um, these are the kind of jobs that now moving forward through Istesha Waya Waya uh, that we're doing, um, and then people saying, oh, no, um, you're not going to do that. But I'm, I'm giving them numbers that these are the jobs we've created last year since the last time we, we, we launched Ustesha Waya Waya, Nan, Zip Sebin. Mm. And I even brought people, La Payana Isopa, Ugutabonagale, but tinting is Andrubabon with Kabakon and Bella Labadai, would see into a gap. But also moving forward, when we say um, we're going to be creating jobs in this, 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 this area, um, judge me by saying, I mean, is there a budget for it? Yes, there is budget for it. Is there a plan for it? Yes, there's a plan for it. Where is it going to happen? It's going to happen in this area, in this area, in this area. Um, why is it happening? Because the ANC in its manifesto said it will create those jobs. It will create decent jobs. It will do the reskilling. It will make sure that young people are supported in their businesses so that they can create their own economies. It's the ANC that said that in their manifesto. We must implement that manifesto. Otherwise, they would say we lied. Mm in the manifesto, if we're not doing that. So really, um, I, I don't get it when people say it's an electioneering. I was saying to somebody um, that they were saying, oh, why are people now coming um, to communities because it's election time? And I said, no, we're not coming because it's election time. By the way, tonight here in KZN, we have something called Operation Sugumasake. And every month without fail, we are in each district. You know, the previous uh, month, Beselemet District, the other month, the previous month, previous month, District. And when we are there in that district, all MECs, they go to all wards. And in each ward, we go and see which department is not delivering services. that People are not happy with what can we correct, what needs to be fixed, what needs to be corrected. And we do that every month. But over and above that, we have Isn Bizo. We have my MECs going to communities almost every day to go and work with the communities. Of course, there will be those political parties that have not been to communities for the past five years. Because it's campaigning time. That's a different 
Tina, we've always been there, but we've always been there because it's what the ANC said. The ANC said in its manifesto, we will stay with the people. We will work with the communities where we reside. We will make sure that we listen to the people. That's what we're doing. We go out and we listen to the people. We come back and we implement what people said that we must implement. And, and, and really, it's something um, that we need people to understand that it's, it's a balancing act that we have to do. I hear the passion coming from you, um, Madam Premier. Your many firsts, you go back to that. Uh, you have admitted that you are somebody who is a pioneer, if we can use that word. If uh, you had to tell somebody your legacy and explain to them what it is, how would you describe it in a few words? My legacy? Hmm. Um, I think it's to, it's to work hard, um, always strive for doing something perfect, um, always strive for making sure that you do some changing changes in the lives of the people, um, you know, always make sure that, um, you know, like now we, we said we wanted KZN to be a smart province, um, digitization. Um, the whole world is moving towards the fifth industrial revolution. We, we're talking fourth industrial revolution. And we said we wanted to make sure that KZN is digitized, but also our communities get access um, to Wi-Fi, to connectivity. And we're really going all out as a province to make sure that that is happening. Our libraries are now digitized. Sometimes or even young people, you see sometimes mm. and you wonder and, and you see the impact of 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 such an initiatives are making in the lives of the people. But also this Wi-Fi is not just um, to get some recipe for cooking or to ask but it's to go and Google how to how to how to make a material, Google how to how to plan um, a business plan, how to how to trade with uh, another country. What are the most 10 wanted jobs in the industry? Uh, I, I, was, I was telling young people, you, you, you say you are unemployed graduates. And of course you are going to be an unemployed graduate because we go and learn something that is not needed by the market. The market is telling us every day, you go Google it now as a young person. The market is saying, these are the jobs you want. Logistics, IT, technology, um, you know, um, the tech industry. Um, the uh, Euro industry, aero industry, aerospace, and all of those things. That's what the industry wants. And you go um, and, and like, I'll go and do public administration. Industry doesn't want to play public administrators. Um, they want, uh, you know, they want people who are going to do digital analytics. Um, they want people who are going to do coding and robotics. That, that, that people that can trade with other countries in the world, you can trade with Kenya, as a young person. Um, you, you don't even need to, 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 to go to university to learn how to drive a drone, to be a drone pilot. And, and those are the things that we're trying to champion now to say, look, uh, if we are to create, um, you know, entrepreneurs, if we are to create 
uh, lots and lots of jobs. Ezingeko, millions of jobs, by the way. Ezingagabikona. Let's get into the technology space because that's where the whole world is moving towards. Thank you very much, Madam Premier. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for watching and thank you for joining us. Uh, this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're also available on all the social media platforms. That is Instagram X, as well as the other one I can't think of. <laughs> Take care and we'll see you next time.